Welcome, everyone, to this week's Really Big Fan Podcast. I am your host, Chizuk. I am joined, as always, by my co-host and wife, Acronym. What's up? You got a new sticker. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I just noticed it. Yeah, I just I just applied that like I have an order. table in front of us where we keep our laptops is covered in stickers. Mm. So I was just like, that's new. That's shiny. Yeah, I ended up putting the the main table back in the center so we could both have our laptops on the table. And so I'd stop knocking my knee on the table. Fair. Yeah, I've got some cuts and scrapes on this knee from it. And I'm just Rough. like... By the third time it happened, I'm like, you know what? We're done. <laughs> We're done. I'm just going to put this table in here. Ugh, it's fine. Don't get involved. Don't get involved. There you go. <laughs> I am very sleepy this morning because I had to wake up super early for a uh, so I could go to the doctor for a physical for a new job. Yes. That will be starting in a few weeks. So we're going to kick things off with the, the announcement, the official announcement that the Really Big Fan Pod is moving, not days, but times. Uh, starting probably next week, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to do these shows at around seven o'clock in the evening Yeah. instead of doing them around 1130 in the morning. The podcast will probably still go up exactly when it always has. The videos will go up whenever I get to them. <laughs> whenever I have time. Right. And we'll, uh, we'll definitely try and keep the Patreon rolling as well. But yeah, I'll be starting a new job in a couple of weeks. And I'm very excited about it, which means you're going to be starting a new job. Uh-huh. Already kind of started a new job. Yep. Yep. I've shifted into the old job that he was doing. Yes. So that that works out pretty cool. Um, And so in the mornings, I will be a little bit busier than usual, but I'm still off on Wednesdays. Yeah. Uh, so maybe I'll try to stream in the morning. Who knows if I can get myself together for that. That could be fun. But yeah. Um. Uh, other than that, we will have our shows in the evenings, and that probably will also mean that we'll see more people on Twitch, too. So I would think so. Out. I would think so. Now that we're in uh, school days and uh, everybody's got, you know, work schedules and stuff, maybe we'll see you all in the evenings. Tweet. Uh, on the live stream. With that in mind, let's get to this week's episode. We got our buddy Jeff Lusk back in. We're going to talk about some comic book stuff. We talk some Superman and some of his favorite books. But before we get there, there's some shit in the headlines. We say that now because you found out that after audio processing, you can't go headlines right. without it coming out. Without it we- being all weird. Yeah. Sounding like the ghost box and phasmophobia. <laughs> Kicking off the headlines with the news that the uh, founder of the studio, Ghibli, uh, who had said that he would be finishing up, uh, he would be have his last, uh, Miyazaki's last film would be this one that's coming out, The Boy and the Heron has decided that it will not be his last film. (laughs) He had so much fun working on it. Hayao Miyazaki says that uh, he's still working on ideas for a new film. He's still going into the office every day and doing that. So uh, he's not retiring after all. He's basically like... Yeah, this this reinvigorated it. Let me yeah. roll in. That's awesome. Yeah, I, that's cool. We all go through that as artists. I'm surprised that it took him that long to hit that point. But right. there there are times that that happens. There, there's there been a time where I sold my camera and I was not a photographer. So I lasted six months. I don't think I ever like got rid of all my guitar stuff. I always kept like a guitar and an amp. Yeah. No, I, I was very much on a path of, I'm going to swear it off. I'm not doing this anymore. Right. And uh, yeah, six months and I lost it. I basically <laughs> were like, nope. Who the hell am I without that? 
nothing. Okay, I'm going back. <laughs> you despite your photos. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Not many people do, so I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, you brought my attention to this the other day. Uh, Steven Tyler of Aerosmith has had to uh, put a month's worth of shows on delay mm -hmm. as he has uh, done damage to his vocal cords yep. and has to rest them. I'm not shocked by that. I mean, they've been rolling for how long, you know, as, and he's getting up there in age. And, and that's, that is, those, those aren't easy sounds to make. No, no. We don't play a lot of Aerosmith. The, the yaka cow and all that. We don't play a lot of Aerosmith and rock band. No. I, I don't even think I could hit those notes if I tried. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, Steven Tyler is going to be uh, going to be resting up those vocal cords, which means he's going to be texting people for a month. Can you bring me a sandwich? And uh, more than he, um, they put up a graphic. I couldn't get my words out there. They put up a graphic saying that uh, the Aerosmith show for Detroit, as well as multiple dates after that, were going to be postponed. So now that's going to be happening 2024. Right. At least Aerosmith didn't get banned by a venue in Detroit. <laughs> There's a little spot of news, and and I got to watch this play out slightly, you know, firsthand within the social media space. The Machine Shop posted a clip uh, or a, a photo of the band's announcements for Puddle of Mud shows. I think there were two of them at the the Machine Machine Shop. shop. I'm, I'm really, my brain is not firing today. I'm, You're the one that drank the coffee. I know, right? I'm not doing great. Um, so the machine shop posted that they were banning Puddle of Mud from any more shows. They would not be rescheduling them. And threw out there that this was 100% West Scantlin's fault, um, which does not shock anyone. No. I don't believe. And he came back with, oh, management agreed to those shows before I even said I would. That, but now it's that feels like the kind of thing you say when you know you done messed up exactly and so now it, it's become national news and there's been outpours of other people just hating on him yeah. and, and reposting that clip of him singing nirvana and so he's an easily hateable character yeah i think he needs to get some tips maybe from uh, nickelback on how to traverse that or MGK. And live through it. <laughs> Maybe improve how the world feels about him. I don't think that he's that type of guy. No, I really probably. don't. So it just it just might be. I mean, Puddle Mud was already not the biggest band at this point. They were certainly a 15 minutes of fame style of band. I think they... They had like six like singles that yeah. were somewhat bangers. Was... At least they're not one hit wonders. Somewhere between like two and three albums were were their their heyday mm -hmm. but uh yeah can't say that you know anybody's gonna really be too upset about that no probably not <laughs> <laughs> uh something people are upset about is that the creator of the commander variant of magic the gathering sheldon menory uh passed away last friday morning after a seven-year battle with cancer Commander is a version of Magic, it's a multiplayer version, where you, uh, instead of your deck being 60 cards, it's 100 cards, mm -hmm. and you can't have multiple copies of cards, every card has to be unique. Gotcha. And then you pick one card that's your commander, and you put him off to the side, and you can play him as many times as you want. Like, mm. you play him, and then he'll get killed, and then you can play him again to put him back into play. So usually you want to have a guy that will affect all your other cards in some positive way. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's passed away there are still there's actually a whole 
like um community that uh runs commander officially for magic like he created it as a judge when he was uh well, one of the judges for magic the gathering when they would have tournaments and he created his kind of a fun side thing and then it caught on so there was there's a whole community now that determines uh if they have to ban certain cards from the the format because they're too powerful and stuff wow so that's 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 he's left a lasting legacy yeah on the game which is pretty fun this is me sitting there going, I wish they'd do that with Pokemon Unite so we could get rid of certain characters. Yeah, they have a lot of certain characters that need to get nerfed. <laughs> um, also, uh, did did you ever see the uh, Grindhouse double feature? No. It was uh, Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez each did like these black and white kind of spoofy horror style movies it's the uh robert rodriguez did the movie it was called planet terror which was the beginning of it and it's the one where rose mcgowan has a m16 fashion to her leg okay um and then uh quentin tarantino's part of it was death proof and it was about um kurt russell was an old stuntman that had a car he was old uh he was an old stuntman and he had a car that had uh, that he would get people into the passenger side of because the car was uh, was known as the death-proof car, but it was only death-proof if you were the driver. Uh, He'd get people in the passenger side and then flip the car and kill them with it yeah. and then go about, uh, he, he was just kind of going about Rosario Dawson and uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead are in that movie. That's the, I think you saw the um, picture of the two of them. Yeah. She's, um, Winstead is wearing the cheerleader outfit. Yeah. Uh, Rosario Dawson's feet also play a prominent role in that movie because it was directed by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. So the fun part about that movie is they got a whole bunch of their friends to direct like um, previews mm -hmm. for movies that weren't going to happen. Yeah. One of them was Machete, mm -hmm. which happened. Yeah. And the one that Eli Roth did for a movie called Thanksgiving is now going to be coming out. <laughs> You probably really were like, you know, oh, well, the, the trailers did so well and everybody was kind of hype about them, so right. they're going to do it. Hobo with a Shotgun was another one that they had a trailer for. They're all like these just off the wall. Yeah. Kind of like, this is the kind of thing you would see in, a, in kind of a grindhouse double feature thing. The only one that hasn't been made so far is Rob Zombie's Werewolf Women of the SS and Edgar Wright's Don't, which is my favorite trailer in the thing. Well, how silly is that? That uh, that's a song from Rob Zombie as well. Yeah, Werewolf Woman. He did he did the song after like years after he had done the the trailer for. It. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so that's how that happened. Because that is one of my like as weird as it is to say like that something that has the SS involved is one of your favorites, but. That's definitely one of the songs that does always creep up in my Halloween playlist. Okay. How it's very like, I don't know, um, you know that like surfer rock yes. type sound? Like yep. it's like that. Yeah. Uh, I forget what the, the song is, the one that starts with an M that is like it's like is it a Rob surfer. Zombie song? No, no, and just in general. Um it's like Israel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of fiction. It's got that vibe yeah. to it. And so it's really cool, but it's got like little like found footage clips, of course, because it's Rob Zombie and right. like that. But it's pretty cool. We should uh we should definitely watch Grindhouse. I actually took my dad because he liked a couple of he liked Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. Mm -hmm. He liked um From Dust Till Dawn, which was Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino yeah. uh together directing that one. 
Uh, so I took him to see Grindhouse because I thought he would really like it. It's a little long because it's two movies. Yeah. Uh, smashed together with it. But the previews are so funny. Yeah. And and like it's fun because the way the movies are put together, there's like scenes missing. Mm-hmm. And then eventually they actually put the movies out separately with all the scenes in it. Gotcha. Kind of thing. But the Quentin Tarantino one takes forever to get rolling. Yeah. Like it's it's a long. Most of his stuff does. It's a long conversation with the, the girl, the characters, the girls before you even get to Kurt Russell and the whole like thrust of the movie. Yeah. It was fun. It was good times. Cool. Um, also, there's going to be a Nintendo Direct tomorrow as we record this on Thursday. It says it's 7 p.m. or 7 a.m. Pacific time, which I think is 10 o'clock our time, 10 a.m. our time. But they're supposed to talk about all the games we can look forward to in the winter Cool, coming up, which is going to be cool. And uh, Becky Lynch, as of last night, is the NXT Women's Champion. <laughs> she Random. showed up on NXT. It is apparently the only title she has not held that oh. she was capable of. Yeah. So that makes her a Grand Slam champion. Cool. Like, uh, like a lot of other people. I think uh, it says Bailey. Asuka, Sasha Banks, and Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley all are Grand Slam champions. And now Becky Lynch can add her name to that roster. Sweet. That's fun. Yeah, happy for her. Yeah. Uh, did you have anything? Nope. Uh, you covered everything I was going to cover. West Gatlin, yep. Aerosmith. Yep. <laughs> I thought that might be where you was. <laughs> yep. I, I stole them out from under you. I stole it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, then we're going to take a short break and we're going to come back with Jeff. We're going to talk about some comic books. When the Really Big Fan Podcast continues. Welcome back, everyone, to the Really Big Fan Podcast. We're uh, we're just cycling through my friends. And I'm cool with that because, yeah, yeah, we're just going to, we we all like a lot of different things. And uh, this particular episode, we have the returning Jeff Lusk hanging out with us. And uh, Jeff, as we mentioned the last time we had John and we were talking about stuff, nice flex, nice flex. Um, we met pretty much through our local comic book store and you were like, so when are you going to have me on to talk about comic books? And I was like, well, we can do that this week. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. <clears throat> here we um, are. Also, I yes, must compliment are. you on your AFI shirt. Good stuff. Um, thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> such a great band. Um, but we're not here to talk about great alternative bands. Maybe maybe in a that's the months. maybe that's the third 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 time we have the podcast. <laughs> so we're here to talk about the old American tradition that is comic books. Yes. What? Uh, how, how long have you been collecting comics? Since I was about ten, so I'm thirty five. So roughly twenty five years there. Yeah. I don't, it's getting to the point where I don't remember a time without them, if that makes sense. Interesting. I've, I've been doing this, there was a point in time where I wasn't like collecting, reading comics. There was like that point in my life and the point in my life where I'm collecting, reading comics has far surpassed that length of time, if that makes sense. I did just have that realization myself the other day when I was thinking about us having this conversation. I was like, how long have I been collecting comics? I've been collecting comics longer than I haven't been collecting comics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it begs the question of something that really to me, and I guess I suppose to you, Chuck, um, isn't that obscure? It's just like a way of life, you know? Yeah. But how do other people look at it? I mean, is it like the Big Bang stigma? 
I don't know. I think there's still, even in 2023, I think there's definitely still the, oh, you collect comic books kind of stigma, even with the movies and, and everything that's in there. Silly. It does. But I think there is probably a a part of the population that still looks at it as like, oh, that's a, that's a, that's a nerd thing. Or even that's a kid's thing. What are you doing doing a kid's thing as a grown ass adult? I mean, it is a kid's thing. <laughs> Let's not shy away from it. Right. It is a kid's it's thing. It's funny because I actually, I had to like own up to the fact the other day when we were having a conversation, I was like, so is it safe for kids to read X-Men comics or are they just inherently horny? And he's like, no, no read X-Men comics. safe for kids to read. And I'm like, I just, I just know everyone's gay and everybody's fucking everybody. Right. So what, what's going on here? Well, that's why I would suggest more people introduce X-Men to their children because their children will come to an age where they find out that everyone's gay and everyone's having sex. So, I mean... Because let's be honest, everyone's gay and everyone's having sex. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I like. Uh, I, I I like to think when when you asked me that question and I thought about it that X Men is the gift that keeps on giving. Because when you're a kid, you're more into the punching and the colorful costumes and the the drama between the characters. And then as an adult, you go back and you read it and you see the subtext and you're like, oh, <laughs> Chuck X Men keeps on throwing me for a loop because like my favorite X-Man character I am such a basic bitch my favorite X-Man character is Wolverine of course right? I was first <laughs> what is that supposed to mean because <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's the cool one he's the bad boy yep. he's the fighter he's the rebel yeah he rides a motorcycle he smokes cigarettes he drinks beer mm-hmm. and I do well I smoke cigarettes i drink beer i don't ride the motorcycle that sounds terrifying uh whatever um <laughs> yet another thing we connect on motorcycles sound terrifying i don't i, I, don't I hate even seeing them on the road if we're i if, when, I, when if, if i'm car. on the road i need to have a box around me in case something happens which that's not even enough for me mom has a motorcycle yeah and i'm not interested at all <laughs> but then like you actually start you know you, you re- like you said you reach a point where these characters are offering subtext that you grow with them and um i feel that the x-men is a great example of that because wolverine as a child i was watching him he's riding motorcycles kicking everyone's ass he's got these flipping claws he has a cowboy hat right which i don't know resonated to me as a child and for some reason nobody in my family wore cowboy hats but i was like yeah hell yeah it seems Um, like a badass yeah exactly and that's exactly what he was he was the, I don't know, the uh, empathy of uh, an American um, action hero, I guess. He's the stone he cold the- Steve Austin of the X-Men. 100%. It's funny, and too, because you're like American hero. I'm like, but he's Canadian. He is Canadian. He is Canadian. <laughs> um, that's, the, that's the gag. He's Canadian hero. Right. He's the, I'm the Mountie. Well, that's the, that's, the, that's the meme is that, of course, the Canadian X-Men's superpower is healthcare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it'd be nice i heard it's nice so when you started nice. collecting comics at, at 10 years old do you remember what some of your first books were mm-hmm. i do um it was i went to ooh, about to date ourselves brother um sam's cards and comics okay and they had dollar issues yep so i went up there 
And, uh, well, my dad took me up there and comics, cheap, whatever. And it keeps the boy happy. Right. <laughs> so he bought me this, um, really, really obscure issue of Fantastic Four. And, um, I thought it was great. And he bought me an issue of Spider-Man. And the issue of Spider-Man, uh, these were all back issues. Yeah. And, and the issue of Spider-Man, um, um, he's got a different costume than what he wore in the um, cartoon. But I was like, whatever. Looks similar enough. <clears throat> and he took his mask off and he had blonde hair. And I was like, fuck. And he was going by a different name. He was going by the name Ben Riley. And I was like, they must have made a mistake. <laughs> it is wild to think of like a 10 year old picking up something in the middle of the clone saga when the clone of Peter Parker, Ben Riley, has taken over the role of Spider-Man. He's wearing, he's the one that's in the uh, in the Spider-Verse movie that's wearing the hoodie that uh, Andy Samberg. Yeah. That's the voice of. Great movie. Um, And the issue of Fantastic Four was so obscure. And in it, um, they were fighting Galactus. And I had seen Galactus from the Fantastic Four cartoon. Sure. Because all these characters were introduced to me through cartoons. I was going to say, so you, you're, you're in basically was Saturday mornings going like, well, this stuff's neat. And then finding out, oh, there's books of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like discovering that like the adventure continues when yeah. the commercial goes to break. Wait a minute. What? And just being like, holy shit. And like the artwork, especially like 90s artwork, it was so bombastic and just like, like oh man. It was dude. definitely tailor made for uh, for the kids of the time to be like, what is this? Like you had those artists, the, all the image comics artists, like Rob Liefeld and Jim Lee and Todd McFarlane who were drawing in ways that weren't the marvel house style uh there were they were dry they were drawing in ways that weren't anybody's house style yeah and i think that's what made them shine and got me yep <laughs> and, and um we used to say on uh al beck used to say on nerd radio is that the uh um the art is what hooks you the writing is what keeps you around mm -hmm. well also you know being a kid 10, 11, 12 years old, I could go in and I exclusively, exclusively shopped in dollar bins. Yeah. Because I was a kid. It's all, you know, I could go take back 10 bottles and go get a book. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I did. It was my hustle. Go find some bottles, uh, go dig through the couches, get some coins and just fill my pockets up full of coins and go up to the card shop grab some books and man it's so weird when you're a kid because you don't give a shit you, you, like now i'm like man i gotta read one through six i have to follow the sequence as a kid i could have been like give me issue four i'm in give me issue eight of this whatever's going on i'm in there was definitely i remember that too when i started collecting superhero comics and getting like x-men books out of dollar bins at, at uh, comic shows and stuff and i would come home with a stack of like 20 books and they wouldn't actually be in the order that they're supposed to be. And I would read them all anyways. And then 
the next time I went to a show, get 20 more issues. And that would fill in the blanks of the ones that I did. Oh, okay. So this happens. And then this happens. Oh, cool. All right. And there's definitely like, there's a mindset to that, that I feel like as I got older, I needed to get back to. Oh, I definitely need to get back to it because I feel if I do that now, I'll have a fucking aneurysm and die. <laughs> well, that's why every time he's ever said like, you know, like, oh yeah, X-Men books are good. All these books are good. I'm like, this is so much. Where it's not. It's not. Start? I'm so like, I don't understand any of this. And then I can't just jump in in the middle of the story. I have to have context. How far back do I need to go to have context? It's not like a Batman book where I can just pick up a Batman book and, oh, it's the Joker. I know what's going on. You know, so yeah, it's honestly it's, with Batman, you should go back to 1939. That's where it all starts. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's a thing like I don't I don't feel the need to do that with that. But for some reason with X-Men, I I, I can't right. pass sure. that part. I don't know why. It would be wild um, to just hand you the first X-Men books I read. Yeah. Because my, my in was uh, I was collecting books of the cartoons I liked, like Ninja Turtles and Transformers. And then I had a friend that was super into the superhero stuff. And he had like some X-Men classics and whatnot that I would flip through. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know any anything about anything. But then the trading cards came out in like 1991 and 92. And yeah. I was all about those. I had these cards with this stats on the back and it's got kind of a little that one that, that was cool that was cool that was yeah. like the first like internet yeah like you could see like what what is dr doom's powers right. actually oh shit it's this right. how strong is the thing yeah the thing is a three strength but the hulk is a five strength so the hulk should win every fight kind of <laughs> that was mm-hmm. the, the playground mm-hmm. arguments you would get into but mm-hmm. that was you, you, I got into collecting the cards and trying to put the set together and then started to realize that like, so I really like this Nightcrawler guy and I really think Rogue looks cool and uh, Kitty Pride seems neat and they're all X-Men. So maybe I should check that book out. And the, the summer that they did the Infinity Gauntlet miniseries was the summer that I finally took the plunge on superhero books. And that was like Infinity Gauntlet, X-Force number one, which was a Rob Liefeld book. Um, and uh, Jim Lee's X-Men number one were, nice. were all some of my first comics where I was like, oh, yeah, I'm into this. Oh, this is great. Well, there's no feet, um, I, right? There's no feet in X-Force number one. Um, no, there's no feet and there's no backgrounds. No, there's no Somehow. backgrounds. There's a lot of guns and shoulder pads and people making Swords. sense. <laughs> you um, guys all really hate him, huh? Yeah, well, no, I don't hate him. I don't hate him. I actually, I don't. I do. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not. Uh, don't get it twisted, guys. I, I ain't out here. But I ask Chuck the the next Rob Layfield book ain't on my poll list. Um, <laughs> I I kind of got respect for the guy because I mean he fucking did it. Like he did. He's, he he. I don't know how. I don't know how. I think and, I think my biggest problem with him is that. If you watch an artist of any genre, whether it's a musician or a painter or Never get better. an actor or something like that, like they grow over the years yeah. while you watch them. And what they look Not like Rob. 10 years later isn't what they look like 10 years prior. Rob Liefeld's never gotten better. <laughs> no, and it doesn't even look like he's trying. <laughs> no. This man still has a Marvel book coming out and Deadpool, Banner, Blood. 
Yeah. <laughs> some wild. I don't know. I In my X-Men collection, I got some hard rules. And one of them is that like anything Rob Liefeld has done since X-Force doesn't count. So whenever That's he comes a, out with a new a book, rule. I'm like, I don't care. It's non-canon. Yeah, I think Marvel feels the same way. Yeah. It's non-canon. Um, shoot, what was I going to say? <laughs> Well, what are we know that I that me and you connect over X Men? Well, what are some of the books that are some of your favorite books that are out currently? That are out currently. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, well he's got some show and tell here. So Ultimate Invasion. No, Ultimate best. Invasion issue three. Yep, that's the uh, Jonathan Aikman, the guy who wrote all the cool X Men that we like. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's the one on- who finally said they're all gay. Yeah, we all knew. We all right. you, you told me about that one, right? That was in the the thing that you were listening to. Where yeah. Like, so are they all fucking? Yeah. Or not? Yeah. They're they're one hundred percent. Yeah. That was one of the things he talked about. But uh, yeah, the Ultimate Universe was a thing in the two thousands where they tried to start everyone from scratch, scratch. as if, but it was in the two thousand. Right. So, like, when Peter gets bit by the spider, he goes home and Googles <laughs> spiders and sees what some of the stuff is about the spiders whereas in the 60s that would that he we went yes. to the library and yes. did that stuff up mm-hmm. so they kind of modernized everybody which was was kind of fun some of it worked very well but i still have all the ultimate spider-man books and i love them dearly that's my spider-man they're so good they're uh, so good some of it has aged extremely poorly like ultimate x-men <laughs> yeah that one has aged extremely poorly but we're not talking about that we're talking about ultimate spider-man which was good <laughs> uh, yeah no so ultimate invasion is like them and the 20 year anniversary kind of like doing a kind story. of like the resurrection yeah gotcha. and um i it's a thing all right i'm just leaving it as a thing i'll get issue four i'll yeah, probably get the thing i'm a little uh and, and this is a total side tangent but i'm a little bummed at how expensive that book is it's very um, expensive wait a minute how much is this book uh, so the first of a bitch at <laughs> six dollars. <laughs> he didn't even know. He was just like, "I'm just getting it. I don't care." The first issue was eight. Yes, I remember that. And God's issue one is, I think, ten dollars. Ten dollars. Yeah, they said that it's because it's essentially three issues all in one book. Uh, but right. it's it's the kind of thing where they're they're starting to get really greedy and like. I, I'm more of a Marvel guy than a DC guy, so I've been watching DC for the last couple of years and felt like they were getting a little greedy. Oh, they, they now, both take turns. Yeah, and now it feels like Marvel are the ones that are like, oh, so what are the books that sell really well? Wolverine? Okay, mm-hmm. that's a $5. That's a $4.99 book now. Uh, Spider Amazing Spider-Man, that's a $4.99 book. In fact, every other month, we're going to make a super big issue and make that $10. <laughs> I, I think you're absolutely right is I think they just watch each other and they're like, well, they got away with it. So let's try this. There is a yeah, I think there is definitely a little bit of, well, they got away with it. So let's see. And I I feel like it hasn't happened yet, but there is a line where they're going to price me out in the, same way, it. in the same way that we've discussed uh, at home here about with the, the video games about like I would really like a PlayStation 5. But at that price range, I would feel guilty. I, I would feel guilty owning one. Because it's so expensive. Yeah, and he told me not to buy him one either. No, <laughs> I would, I would, I would feel terrible, but I'd be like, you. He would still play it, Amy, but he would just feel guilty. I would. Oh yeah, I would. I would. I would <laughs> yeah, like you it's already in, it, it's but... already in the house. So just I guess crying I in play. his Cheerios, playing Spider Man <laughs> because that's what you'd play. 
Because I, I would also feel like game. I need to be playing that system specifically every week. Oh, you better beat that game 100% years. with the with the price that they're charging for games. Right, exactly. So, speaking of an expensive DC book, I got this one. And I went out of town, Batman, uh, The Gotham War, Batman Catwoman, The Gotham War. Right. It's a great take on Batman and Gotham. And um, Gotham is my home. I can't get out of it. Um, I know, but you know, he's like the, like the true OG goth superhero. Yeah. Um, uh, I love Gotham. I love everything about Gotham. I got Batman tattoos. This is a take on Batman by Sadarsky and Teeny Howard, uh, with a crossover between Catwoman. And I read this cause I was out of town last weekend or last week. So I couldn't go get my books, but I did go to a comic book store. Um, and super great. I'm super excited to where this takes off. And then as of this week, birds of prey, birds yeah. of prey issue one, they started by, a new birds of prey issue yeah. by it's- Kelly Thompson and Romero. That book was so badass, and it's so girl power and it's unapologetically girl power. Yeah. As it should be. And the art is beautiful. Kelly Thompson. I highly ready. recommend it. Kelly Thompson. She, did, is, she just came off doing Captain Marvel for 50 issues. Uh, yep. She did a Gem in the Holograms book for IDW about like six or seven years ago that I adored. Mm-hmm. Um, This is her first work at DC. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, it's Birds of Prey. I did not read her uh, her uh, Captain Marvel run. But I've heard good things about it. Yeah, and, it was very good. Um, my fiance, who has not read it, but who adores Captain Marvel, she's Seriously. like, "Oh, Kelly, Kelly Thompson. Yeah, I know who that is." Yeah, and um, I think she wrote a, she wrote some Kate Bishop stuff too, which was cool. Uh, uh, she did. She wrote some excellent stuff. Um, yeah, definitely would recommend Birds of Prey. And since you asked me. I have uh, had somewhat of a disconnect with Marvel these past couple of years. Uh huh. But it only lasts for a few years, baby. <laughs> it always bring me back in. Right. I got time. I, I got like the money. Like I never had the money. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely that's that's one of the reasons why you see me bring home every X Men book every week is because I fall. I've I've had bouts where it's like ah oh, the books aren't really good, so I'm just gonna pick up one or two of them. And then eventually I end up having to go and find the back issues anyway. So now I'm just like, I'm going to cut out the middleman and just get them every week. When they come on, just get every, every book. Just give me everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I even texted you, Chuck. Um, like I said, I Marvel had not really done anything that really like, oh man, I got to check that out. Sure. Like I said, they always, they always bring me back. Immortal 4 which I had immense doubts about. Yeah. I read that issue one. Metal as fuck. Come on, that was so fun. I cannot wait till issue two. Uncanny Avengers, volume one, and let's get real confusing about, or issue one, volume three, I believe. Yeah. Let's get real confusing about it. I had to message you about that. I'm like, dude, did you read that? That was so awesome. So I would like to go back to something you, you mentioned earlier. You're talking about the the current Batman run, which Chip Zdarsky is doing. Uh, he just uh, came off of doing a whole bunch of Daredevil 
Um, yeah. And they handed Which me Batman stellar uh, in in the last year or so. So Amy loves ba- Batman. Is is your X Men? Yeah. For for you, Batman is my X Men. Yeah. All right. See, like I got my killing joke at you. Yeah. Yeah. You nerds. Nerd. Fucking marks. <laughs> so you I'm I'm assuming you've read a ton of Batman comics. What would you recommend to somebody like Amy who doesn't read a lot of comics anyways? Like as as um, far as like what what are the good Batman stories that you should check out? Because I've already what, read the Hush book. You read Hush. And then I read the White Knight stuff. Yep. And then I read some of what was that run? I think the Tom King run. I I had you read. Oh, I loved that. Some of that, yeah. and some of it was great, and some of it was. Bad. I did the the ones that were like the crossover and the metal ones. Um, oh, that was fun. It was yeah, dumb, but it was like fun. The, like the buttons that came home. Oh yeah, the the death metal stuff where it was like Batman, but he's oh, also yeah, the that Flash. Was so much fun. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And like <laughs> did the bat who laughs. Like, I think those were yeah. all the ones that I did. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised, Chuck. Come on, man. You work at a flipping comic book store, my friend. Um, he just wants your opinion because you're, you love it. You're, you're a bigger Batman fan than I am, so you will probably have a different answer. I will definitely say what made me fall in love with this character was definitely Batman the Long Halloween by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Interesting. I love that book. It's a murder mystery book because Batman is a detective. He's supposed to be a detective. He's supposed to solve a murder. He can beat a bunch of guys up. That's not what makes him that cool. Right. What makes him cool is he's fucking smart. And I am not. <laughs> and I strive to be smart. That gotta be uh oh hold on. I kicked something and something got weird. Hold There we go. There we go. Sorry about there we that. are. I see you Make guys sure now. The microphone's the logic tech. Okay. Okay. My bad. Right. I had my feet through the table and oh, I good. kicked wire. Yeah. But I love the killing joke. I love, I've read everything that you just recommended and I don't have bad things to say about them whatsoever. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Like the whole Tom Green King run. I know like people dislike it. I really enjoyed it. I, I still would buy the book if he was still on it. It's the kind of thing in retrospect that um, there are there are stories that he did that I absolutely adore, but as a mm-hmm. whole, I don't think it's real. There are parts of it that do not hold up. Mm-hmm. Even a couple yeah, years I, later, I I'm like, and eh, the the way it ended with Bane is not not my favorite. I didn't finish it, but it was like I was going like up and down. Where it was, yeah, like, there were a couple mm-hmm. books that I really liked, and then I was like, eh. And then I read a couple more and I'm like, okay, well, these were all right. And then I would kind of fall back out of it. And then after a while, like, I just wasn't picking them up. And I was like, don't bring any more out of them. All number right. good. And <laughs> also great uh, Batman books. I would definitely recommend. Uh, this is my favorite superhero book of all time. Because I, I uh, opposed to Chuck, I lean more on a DC side. Yeah. My favorite superhero book of all time is kingdom come and if you're a batman fan i definitely think you need to check out kingdom come yeah it's ideally it's a superman book but you can't have a great superman story without wonder woman and batman and i say that about all three of those characters because they're so Mm -hmm. intertwined in my opinion 
Yeah, I'm not a huge Superman person. That's right. like I, I've got a disconnect because I, I feel like I, I lean towards like anti-hero type characters, like yeah. Daredevil, Batman, Punisher, Hardcore. Yeah, so like all of those, I kind of lean more towards that. So like the idea, or like even when we talk about Marvel movies, everybody assumes for some reason that I'm a huge Captain America fan, and I'm not. I'm actually an Iron Man. What person. gives off that vibe at all? I like, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I know. Never if it's because, got that off from you at all. I don't know if it's because I have the the poster in the living room and people have seen it, but like somebody bought me that for my birthday. And I was like, hey, movie poster, awesome, you know? And like that I had the Disney Infinity figure because you brought it into my office once and he cut out the Captain Crunch and Peanut Butter box to layer out letters that said Cap's butt and he turned it backwards. Right. And sat it in my office. And so like, I don't know if that's why people think because I just have random Captain America things, but like people have bought me Captain America things before. And I'm just like, what about me? And you're like, guys, I don't like Captain America. I just like butts. That's that's America's ass. That's America's ass. It is. It is. I have a pin that says that that someone bought me too. Like, literally, it's a thing. And I'm like, what is it about that? But it's the same thing with Superman. I can can accept Captain America way easier than I can Superman for some reason. But like Superman being like the biggest goody two-shoes of the goody two-shoes of the entire world. Like, I can't do Mm -hmm. it something about it no i totally get that i totally get that i think it's i think it's difficult to write a good superman story which a lot of people would probably disagree with because they there are superman stories every month he's got multiple comics um and i've read some really good superman stories but at the same time i've read some superman stories where it's like i i know his power set i know he could end this in a second yeah why are we Mm -hmm. why are we here Mm -hmm. um Chuck, what is your favorite superhero story? My favorite superhero story? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be comic books. It could be anything. I mean, yeah. these characters are so big. They they, ex- they expand all Off the top of my media. head, because we're talking about Superman, uh, there is an issue of the comic Hitman from DC that mm-hmm. was a, uh, a, a hitman known as Tommy Modigan who was bit by an alien and got superpowers. He got low-level telepathy and x-ray vision. Uh, So he decided as a Gotham hitman, because Gotham is full of super freaks, that, uh, hey, if you want me to go try and kill the Joker for you, like, just I'll just up my rates. And that's the first story is is like some mobster's cousin uh, gets Joker gassed and dies. So he tells Tommy, Hey, why don't you, uh, I'll give you three grand or 30 grand if you'll go into Arkham and just cap the Joker for me. And he's like, done, you got it. And he's off to the races. So that's, so Tommy Monaghan is like not a good person, but he does have scruples and ethics, which is what makes him the hero of his book. And there's an issue of the book where he is on the top of a building, just hanging out, smoking a cigarette. And he turns and looks and Superman's just standing there. And he freezes and he's like, uh, and Superman's like, sorry, I didn't see you there. Do you want me to leave? He's like, no, you can stay and hang out, whatever. How's it going? And he's like, I'm having a really bad day. And he tells Tommy that he just tried to save a uh, space satellite uh, from that was falling from orbit. Mm-hmm. And he knew he couldn't do it. And he was trying his hardest to stop it from burning up in orbit. And he looked in the window and saw the astronaut 
and could tell by the look on his face the astronaut had come to the realization Superman is here and even he can't save you. And Superman is God, I love this bummed. shit. I love this shit. Super <laughs> bummed about this. So, you know, that sounds like a story you want to read. So Tommy okay. gives him a pep talk about like, did you fucking Superman? Like, yeah, you didn't save one guy, but how many people did you save today? Right. Kind of thing. That's Superman's what makes like, him Superman is right. it's he's never like, good enough. Man, thanks a lot. And, and it's, it's like the human, human, human nature of him. Right. Is the part that like, because that's the thing that they always seem to try to drive home. Is that like at the end of the day, he tries to be as human as possible and he has like the empathy and everything else. But some of the stories, like if if it was more like that, where like you can accept it, like you can accept and speak it out on the flaws or just being blanket good guy. Like that's the stuff that's really good. You know, when there's multiple layers and there's different emotions that go along with it and things that you don't expect, you know. Like if, if Superman can have an imposter syndrome, right? There you go. <laughs> so Superman, leaves. I got a Superman book for you. Your Amy. red leaves and well, says, the whole thing." Oh, you don't want to get hear the twist at the end? No. Oh, it's so good. All I right. do, I do. I'm into it. Well, no, All what right. is it? I won't spoil. I won't spoil, don't spoil it. it. But I will say that story, that entire series, written by Garth Ennis, okay. the guy I who created it. the boys, <laughs> like. God, I fucking love being a nerd. Notoriously, is not a fan of superheroes at all. Yeah, tells quite possibly the best Superman story I've ever read. I got surprised that you were going to say Constantine because you love Constantine. I do love it. He's the one corner of the DC universe I do appreciate and love. It's John Constantine, and he's got some great stories. But like I said, he he cornered me off the top of my head. We were talking about. I was like, yeah, I love that Superman story. That's my favorite Superman story. I got a Superman book for you, Amy, and it's called Lex Luthor by Brian Azzarello and Lee Barimo. And it's all through Lex Luthor's point of view. And it's Ooh. it's super fucking rad. The art's beautiful. And you have to remember, Lex doesn't think he's the bad guy. Right. Yeah. So that's one I'd recommend to you. Wait. There we go. Well, Excellent. Well, I, I think I think we covered a lot of ground, and we could probably talk comics forever. But this is about a sixty to ninety minute podcast, so we should probably wrap it up. Jeff, thank you so much for coming back. I'm sure we're going to do this again real soon. Uh, did you have anything um, you want to I plug? Got, um, MTV. <laughs> Watch MTV, y'all. Huh? All right, cool. <laughs> like the eighty millionth episode of Ridiculousness, or are you talking Netflix. about Netflix? <laughs> I got nothing going on, guys. <laughs> Someone pay me. And motherfucker. <laughs> I'll, I should start one, honestly. <laughs> God damn, I got the instruments. I, I and you, I, didn't you used to be in a band? Mm-hmm. I thought I so. Like, I, think, bands. I think I have a CD of yours. You might have a CD of my brother's. Maybe. If anything, you Years had ago. a tape of ours. Yeah. Oh, you we guys started a band. There we go. You guys got to start a band. Did you guys go see Smashing Pumpkins? She did. I did. I photographed How it. How were they? Oh, that was a great show. Um, Very guitar heavy, which I was very happy about. I, I'm not really into the, the te- techno pumpkins as much. <laughs> but um, it it was really, really good. I think it might have been the best show I've seen this year so far. Nice. So, Super rad. Yeah. So, guys, next time, I'm also a really big fan of alternative music. Ah. 
There you go. All right. Well, that's, uh, I guess that's yeah, the, the plug for the next time uh, we have Jeff on. And uh, boy, we can talk about that. <laughs> we could absolutely talk alternative music. That, that might have to be sure. a three-parter. I mean, <laughs> we could more than likely, we could we could add another podcast to our Patreon. Oh, and me and Jeff could just talk about comics like every fucking week. Oh, yeah. It'd be wild. Oh, man. Actually, I was telling uh, the wife, I'm like, man, I'm so excited to talk to Chuck about comics. Even <laughs> though it's nothing new, we're right? talking to Chuck about comics. I just like doing it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. No, and, I get like, it. She can only take so much. She likes comics, but she's like, oh, dude, you really Green Lantern again? I do. <laughs> I do try and pick and choose what I tell you about stuff because I, yeah. I don't want to because I always feel like a little kid coming back from the playground trying to tell you 100 percent one that we did. And you know what? And you know what? And then we and, did and this. And then this happened. And yeah. This happened. And then guess, guess who died? Guess who Babe, all look of at these this. guys died? <laughs> Babe, look at this. Look at this. You see that? He doesn't show me the wow. art. He just tells me what's going on. Yeah. And then there are some times where I ask. Which is the other thing is that I'm in the X Men groups, but I don't know anything about X Men. Yeah, you know all your X Men knowledge is through memes. Yes, all of my X Men knowledge at this point is pretty much through memes, and I'm just like Emma Frost is is a piece of work. <laughs> she sure she is. is. And, I love and her. A lot of people are horny for Storm. Oh yeah, <laughs> including the writer. Yeah, it, it, like, uh, stuff um, like that. <laughs> before I sign off, you know who you should definitely have on the show. What's that? Jason. Jason yes. Feldbush. I agree. And he could be a fan of anything. That man, <laughs> that you know, man, I'll, te- I'll text him tonight. That man, when Jurassic Park opened, that man saw it while well, he was a child. He saw it six times in theaters. And yeah. his birthday was just a couple weeks ago. And they were doing it for like the 30th or something anniversary. He went and saw it again. Yes. Fantastic. There you go. I don't know anything about the Park, so. <laughs> he does. Yes. All right, guys. I love you very much. Thanks for having me on. I'll Thank talk you. to you guys in a little bit. All right. We'll be back with more of the Really Big Fan Podcast. Thanks again to Jeff for hanging out with us for the Really Big Fan Pod and talking about some uh, some comic books. I actually, over the weekend, found that Luthor yeah a book and uh and brought it home so we can just add it to your pile yeah it's sitting next to my pile with my daredevil and my more daredevil i think i think i just just a chunk of daredevil jessica jones in there maybe yeah i think the purple child or whatever yeah is still sitting there right i haven't gotten to yet but i'm bad at reading and I dug out the, that uh, issue of Hitman, so you can, it's one issue. Yeah, yeah. You can, that one I can issue, issue. Yep, yep. That's like 22 pages right there. <laughs> I actually haven't read Kingdom Come in a long time. I'm going to have to sit down. I've got the trade paperback. I'll have to sit down and read that again. It's been a long time. So yeah, that's uh, that's our comic book discussion. And uh, as always, we're going to wrap up the show this week with our serotonin boost. I've got one. Is it a show you're filming? No. What? Well, okay, so it's part of that, but not fully. Okay. I don't even think I told you this last night when I got home. All right. Last night I photographed Shinedown. Yes. And I stayed longer than I initially planned on staying Okay. because I pulled up the set list. Zach Myers covered Jimmy World last night. Which song? The Middle. What? He did an acoustic like intro to it. It was him and I forget what the other guy's name is, but there's the, the bassist. No, the bassist. Oh, the bass player? That? I, I forget what his Brent name Smith is. Brent Smith is yeah, no, the only no. members of Shinedown anyone knows. So Zach and or, um, Brent and the drummer went in the back. Okay. And then 
Zach came out with the other guy and they did like a slower version of it. And as I was like walking out, I could hear that they up-tempoed it to the normal speed, but uh-huh. it was harder, which was really cool. But I like, I pulled it up and I was like, okay, well, let me, let me check the set list and see what we've got. Cause I've seen Shine Down multiple times at this point. I'm like, sure. I know exactly how they're going to perform it, whatever. So I look at the thing and I'm like, oh, I got to stay for that. <laughs> I, I got to know what that sounds like. Right. I got to know what's Shine Down doing the middle. And of course, I had to text Sam because Sam is my resident uh, Jimmy E. World fan. And I was like, dude, dude, Shinedown is covering Jimmy E. World. And she's like, what? And I'm like, hold on, let me send you a clip. That's fun. So it was, it was pretty cool. They did that and they there was a couple other covers that they had in there for like, they don't, they don't play like a let me walk off the stage and play peekaboo with adults yeah. type of uh, encore usually. So it's more like half the band goes and changes clothes or gets a drink or something. The other half is entertained. Yeah. So that's kind of how they they run it. And it's pretty awesome. I'd like to see more of that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I think it's it's better than the let me walk off real quick and walk back on. But if you have, you know, time to pause. Yeah. Obviously. Because at some point, uh, Brent had come out and was talking to everybody. And then when Zach came back on stage, he was wearing a completely different set of clothes. And so it was just like, well, that's what happens when you wear a sweater. Right. You're playing hard rock music and you're jumping around like you Mr. are. I can't get over when we saw Clutch and the guitarist was just wearing like a windbreaker. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, zipped up windbreaker. Oh, zipped up. Like, dude, how cold are you? Well, uh, light shine. Yeah, last night Brendan Smith had like a suit jacket on. Yeah. Like he was wearing like a suit jacket and skinny jeans and some Nikes or something. And like, I'm like, how is he moving around in that? That has Doesn't that some- scare in it? Well, because Rob Zombie has stretchy pants. Right. And so, like, all of the flares that you see Rob Zombie wear, they're actually, like, leggings material. Even though they're looser on him, they're still, like, leggings material. So he can do those high kicks and different things that he does. Yeah. So I have to wonder if it's kind of like wrestling where everybody gets their gear made and some of it is flexible. Because I know, like, the Taking Back Sunday guys had on legitimate suits. Like, there was no flexibility in that situation. (laughs) But, like, some of these other guys where, like, I see, you know, Brent's up there and he's doing almost like that bassist thing where his legs are, like, on either side of the drum kit and he's just yeah. rocking out. And I'm like, how is his pants not ripped? So. <laughs> I heard that when Rob Zombie first got his stretchy pants and figured out he could do the kicks, he said, yeah. I'm not laughing at that. No? No, I refuse. I thought that was quality. <laughs> I've been sitting on that for a full sixty seconds. Oh yeah, nope. full sixty seconds. I, thought I, I think really- I think Mike has used up all of my my joke laughs <laughs> with his very long. <laughs> Fair enough. So my serotonin boost this week is not getting laughed at by my wife. No, I, damn it. <laughs> serotonin boost this week is that uh, a couple of weeks ago they updated phasmophobia, and uh, my group that I play games with finally got back to playing it, and um, it's. It's the same game, but it's improved. Uh, the Graphically, it looks completely different. Still crashes quite a bit, unfortunately, on my computer. Um, but they've in- added, like, um, uh, an experience point system and a tier system. So you start out with, like, the basic tools. And then the more jobs you do, the more money you get, but the more experience your guy gets, the more experience your guy gets, the more tools open up in the shop. You, there's you a tarot deck now? Yeah, and every... every um, so so before, when you were in a house, you could find like a Ouija board to, to play with, to try and uh, communicate with the ghost. And they added more 
cursed objects. Uh, one of them is a tarot deck where you can pull a tarot card and it'll have an effect on the game. I don't know what all the effects are because I didn't bother to look them up. Yeah. It's almost more fun to not know. Well, considering a King Mob got killed last night. I, yeah, we did find out that if you pull the death card, you do die immediately. Um, you can get a cursed mirror, which you can look into and see through the ghost's eyes. So you can follow oh, the room he's in. I like that. Something. Yeah. It makes your sanity go down so quickly. Oh, yeah. I can see that. And you can find a music box and you start the music box and it plays. And if you stop it from playing, the ghost hunts immediately. Oh. They're hunting immediately yeah. for you. Interesting. So yeah, it's uh, it's I mean, it's the same game but improved, and uh, we're having a fun time just grinding levels now, even when it's just like two people instead of getting three or four to hunt ghosts. Is that a Steam game? It is on Steam, uh, but it is supposed to be on consoles uh this fall. Oh. That was part of them uh putting the new the new patch in on Steam. I That's can't gonna put... Steam. So yeah, unfortunately. What is up with that, Mac? Mac people. How do you game? You don't. You just, you just don't. No, no. Mac people only do design work. I well. Great. So, yes, <laughs> that I listen to one of the hosts games on the Mac, and like there is Steam on the Mac, and you can get games on Steam on the Mac, but like it's not the 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 PC, the regular you know Windows computer is really what gaming is yeah. built for. I've never tried it on the mac mini yeah i only tried it on the old laptop right so i don't even know if this this one would work because i yeah. got a different macbook and this one has the m1 chip so it's like i have no uh like lag issues at all so i might be able to do it on here but i remember when i tried to download steam it was like yeah when i did it on the old one i was like well this is lame i just wanted to play among us <laughs> you want to you want to come on ghost with us yeah in phasmophobia i like creepy shit all right we'll see what we can do about that then <laughs> <laughs> i mean at the very worst i do have a laptop and a desktop computer so. this is true now the question is am i allowed to use the ouija word in the game All right, so <laughs> so I wasn't going to say anything, but one of the things they added to the game is the room that you start in is bigger, and one of the things in that room are a bunch is a glass case, and whatever you, whatever, like one of the things you can find in the house are bones. Yeah. And those always, uh, you'll take a picture of the bone, you get some money for that shit, and mm-hmm. then you take the bone with you. Yeah. Um. So you can collect an entire human skeleton in bones. Cool. Like it'll randomly generate different bones every time you go into a house. Yeah. It makes you want to play more of the games. Yeah. One of the glass cases is for cursed objects. And the way to get a cursed object into your glass case is to use one. So I am admitting right now in front of you and everyone that I have used the Ouija board in Phasmophobia one time. So that I could get the Ouija board in the glass case and I'm never using it again. If no one understands this, uh, there is a hard rule in our house. It's the, probably the only hard rule we have. And it's, rule. it's that I'm not allowed to have a Ouija board. You're not. And it's because apparently grandma doesn't make ghost breakfast, which calls back to our first episode ever on it's this podcast. Because there are no good Ouija boards. There are no Ouija board stories that end well. 
So in the game, though, do I have permission to use the Ouija board because I can't summon spirits into our house? Uh, fine. Okay. Fine. There we go. I've got Sage. You got your your work right. You gotta. It's gonna be like that episode of Aqua Teen. You're gonna get a 2600 version of Video Ouija. <laughs> he said I could do it in game. I just can't have the board in the house. <laughs> and then we'll still get cursed, and I'll have to light the the computer on fire to try and erase the freaking curse. I don't know what's wrong with the dirt. We'll be back next week with another really big fan pod. Thank you for listening, and thank you to everyone who uh, contributes over on Patreon at our $5 tier. Not only do you get this show, but you get our uh, really big fan pod double feature with me and Mike Pandoff, where we're uh, picking some of our favorite movies and introducing them to each other and then ranking them into a top 10 list. Uh, we just finished last weekend uh, our fourth episode. Uh, I got to get the audio files to Mike so he can do some editing on it, and then uh, we'll clean it up and hopefully have it out this weekend so uh check that out over on patreon patreon.com backslash really big fan pod check out our ebay store there's a bunch of stuff in there that no one is bidding on uh (laughs) you can check us out on all your favorite social medias whether it be uh whether whether it be what's the what's the new one Hmm? that everyone's on threads whether it's threads or facebook yeah or youtube i need them to put threads on a scheduler so i can just use the api and be done with it because it's so difficult to log in and out though or uh instagram yeah or my favorite t-double-w-i-double-t-e-r you know considering it's called x.com doesn't matter <laughs> doesn't matter i get to just introduce it now like jeff jarrett and just let me say one more thing before we sign off nope we're done no <laughs> no <laughs> Found in the Underground is back. Um, we are doing a Found in the Underground uh, on October 22nd. It's on a Sunday. Yes, I know it's a school night, but that is the only October date they had available, and I want to do a Halloween show. So the art does not have to be Halloween-themed. It's just if you want to come in costume and get your theater bazaar on, since there's no theater bazaar, there are going to be three stages. Some of them are sponsored. We have... Leaf and Bud sponsoring one stage, Rap Camp sponsoring another stage, and there's going to be a 30-plus artists and multiple electronic rock rap stages, so it's going to be awesome. How much is it at the door? It is going to be 15 at the door. You can get early bird tickets on Eventbrite right now for 13 bucks. Can I get a discount because I'm your husband? You're going to be working. I'm putting you at work. And... <laughs> I already don't like this event. <laughs> you didn't like it when I told you I was going to do it. He's like, why would you do that to yourself again? And I'm like, I'm medicated now. It's going to be better. It is It is a lot of stress on you, but uh, it's something you enjoy doing. It's going to be worth it. So there you go. Yeah. So if you're an artist, if you are uh, a vendor of any sort. That's still not me. Yep. I've got. I'm not an artist, not a vendor. No. But if you got those things in mind, I have a link for you up on acronymis.com slash f-i-t-u fest and you can fight you fight you fit you we're gonna fight you (laughs) come to the new is this the fifth one come to the fifth fight you yeah everybody's just gonna think that there's gonna be a wrestling there's gonna be a steel cage (laughs) you're gonna get five minutes in the cage with With (laughs) (laughs) goodbye everybody fight you